This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. You guys, sometimes we just need an episode that just cuts right to the chase. And you know what? I think Michelle's story does just that. In many ways, Michelle had kind of hit rock bottom on her health journey. It was after the holidays and she was at a loss of really what to do. And yet today, she shares how she found something that didn't require multiple hours in the gym. In fact, she was struggling with some pain that limited her ability to exercise. Michelle lost over 50 pounds in nine months, and she credits intermittent fasting. It's so encouraging to hear from someone who's living a real life. She's a mom of two young boys, and a lot of her journey was during the stress of COVID lockdowns. If you're someone who is newer to intermittent fasting, I think this episode is going to be great for you. In a very straightforward, easy-to-follow way, Michelle shares how she started intermittent fasting and the steps she took along the way. Michelle also shares candidly about some of the struggles she had with anxiety, depression, and even some realizations she had about alcohol on her health journey. So if you are looking for an episode that is simple, straightforward, with some practical tips, this is the episode for you. As Michelle says many times, if I can do it, you can too. Boy, is that ever, ever so true. You can too. Here's Michelle. I'm 40. I turned the crazy 40 in April. So I live in Lake Mary, Florida, which is just like right outside Orlando. And uh, I've lived here for five years and I have a wonderful husband and two little boys who are seven and four. And they keep me very busy. <laughs> so I'm a stay-at-home mom right now. I've been that way for the past few years. But before that, I was in the legal field and never going back there. Basically, I'm here and, I, and I'm and i talking to you, Bet, because I've met you virtually or I learned of you through Jen Stevens' big, big, big fasting uh, Facebook group way back when. 
uh, when I first started this journey in January of 2020. And then I kind of, you know, I would start, I would watch your journey and which was super inspirational and you always motivating everybody. So it's just so amazing. And so I started following you on Instagram and that's why we're talking, but really from my health and wellness journey, I said it, you know, it did start back almost two years ago. I'm almost two years in with intermittent fasting, kind of heard of it just randomly at a salon getting my hair done one day and I was at a really low point health wise and was really just, you know, you have to, everybody says you got to hit that, that bottom. (laughs) And uh, I was there. (laughs) It was, you know, right after the holidays and I was carrying that extra holiday weight that you'd always get. And so I was just feeling really low and heard about intermittent fasting in the salon. Started researching because I thought it was crazy at first. (laughs) what is are you how I ate every two hours like a child <laughs> like I ate all the time so I I joined Jin's you know Facebook group for the support and uh, for, for mostly just information and real life stories I kind of went from there I started fasting January 24th of 2020 and I have not ever looked back I lost about 50 pounds in nine months and I've been min- maintaining my weight ever since reached my goal weight about 14 months ago. It's been quite the journey. (laughs) You know, a lot of us out there get to a point where we just accept where we are at on our health journey. We think that that's loving ourselves, that's loving our body. And yet, I think deep down, we know we don't feel our best. I'd love you to share if you can relate to that as a mom, as a woman, as a person. And also, I'd love you to maybe rewind a little bit and share about your health journey prior to the last couple of years. And and what did that really look like? I got to a point where um, I just accepted because I had been like a yo-yo dieter for so many years. It started in my early 20s. Um, I put on some weight in college and then I went on a diet and I lost you know, uh, 45 pounds, something like that. But then it just came back on. And so I would go up and down and up and down for years. So I tried everything. Um, I had two children. And at that point, I had put on, you know, weight from having two babies. I'm 5'3". I was almost 200 pounds. So I was really uncomfortable. I was having a lot of health issues. And yeah, I I just kind of got to the point, though, like you said, I just kind of accepted it. I just was like, I guess I'm just going to be this size now. I don't know if it's still the leading cause of death in this country, but um, it's certainly up there. Uh, it, obesity is just such a problem, and it's just it causes people so much, you know, health issues and I more than just the weight and the vanity of it all. It was really for me about feeling good again and feeling comfortable in my own skin. You know, like you said, loving yourself. Like I said, I joined Jin's group and then I just, I basically, I ordered delay, don't deny, right? And so I'm waiting for my book to come. But while I was waiting, I just, I just started. I just decided, okay, today's day one. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start slow because like, I don't really, honestly, I was like, I don't think I can do this. But it was so easy and it came so simple Mm -hmm. to me. And I'm like, all right. So I started really slow with like a 14-hour fast. And then each day I would build a little bit upon that. And I think by the time I was about eight weeks in, appetite correction started to kick in. And I switched over, you know, burning fat now instead of glucose. And uh, 
it was definitely a point where I was then fasting about 18, 19, 20 hours. It just kind of depended on the day. I always tell people starting out, I, I always recommend to go slow <laughs> because if you try to bite off too much too soon, you're going to feel like you're failing and, and you don't want to feel that way um, because I, you know, for something like this, you want it to really become your lifestyle. Going slow, lots and lots of water, electrolytes are super important, unflavored electrolytes, of course, um, just plain pink salt for me helped a lot. Mineral water <laughs> helped me a lot, but really just distracting myself, I think was the biggest way that I got through those last, you know, hours of, of my first few weeks of my fast, fasting life style. So distractions, walking, going for an errand, even if you don't need to go, just go take a drive somewhere, call a friend, go for a walk, just do anything you can to get your mind off of it. And it really does work. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I never thought I could do it, but here I am. And I think that my main, you know, objective right now is to help people find that within themselves because it really is just a power we all have. I used to sell all this. I actually used to sell like the snake oil weight loss supplements and all that stuff that you see um, circling around the internet. I was one of those people. <laughs> like I hate myself for that, that part of it, you know, but now I feel like it's my, like, I, it's like my karmic universal duty to like help people find this power that everyone has within them. And everybody can have wellness and everybody can have health at any age. Okay. So now I want you to put yourself in the shoes of someone who is brand new to intermittent fasting and is just starting out. What would you share with them? When you're going through those first weeks, your belly, your gut, you know, that those grumbly hunger feelings that you get, they're going to tell your brain to eat. And that's what you're used to. You're used to listening to that and going, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I got to eat, you know. But what I would tell myself is, oh, that's just, you know, your that's just your body doing its job. That's good to hear those noises. Now, of course, if you get the physical signs that you should break your fast, of course, break your fast. But yeah, I mean, like distracting yourself and, and telling yourself hunger is never an emergency unless it is an emergency where you have a physical reaction and you're shaking or like you get nauseous or something like that, then, then you need to definitely put something in your body. But somebody said to me, hunger is not an emergency. And I'm like, oh, I really like had to think about that. Like it really hit me deeply. Honestly, the distractions were the key to getting through. And I think the electrolytes, <laughs> it's just a lot. So tell us a little bit more about what electrolytes you used when you refer to electrolytes and what you typically would drink during the day and what advice you have regarding what to drink. Honestly, just pink salt and like different mineral waters, unflavored, of course. I feel like just getting used to the black coffee, like that's a huge thing for people. It was for me. I was the person who drank the creamy, super creamy, milkshakey kind of coffee in the morning. So yeah, I know the electrolytes for me was just the pink salt. I haven't tried any of those supplements yet. I'm a little interested in. I still kind of use pink salt sometimes. I'll, you know, put a little in my black coffee in the morning still. It actually cuts the bitterness right out and makes it more drinkable to me anyway. It always surprises me how many people say the pink salt in your coffee, especially people that weren't black coffee drinkers, that they put a little bit of pink salt in it and it cuts the bitterness. But I'm also really not surprised 
though how many people won't intermittent fast because they don't want to give up their cream-filled coffees and their milkshakes, aka like a Starbucks Frappuccino or Starbucks hazelnut latte. It's amazing though the difference it can make on your health journey and that's why so many of us preach this so passionately. We want you to know that Yes, we know you love your cream-filled coffees. We did too. But is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Say, well, it's funny because I actually say this a lot. I say, is it worth your health? <laughs> is it worth staying where you are? Because you'll stay exactly where you are. I, I know there's people out there with putting the cream in their coffee and say, like you said, I can't do this because I need that cream. I need that in the morning, but really you don't. I felt that way too. And it is kind of just one of these things you have to get used to. But one thing that I discovered and I still do, and people think it's kind of strange, but I don't care. I pour coffee. I live in Florida, so it's warm here most of the year. So I pour my black coffee over ice and then I put a little pinch of pink salt and then I pour like the rest mineral water (laughs) unflavored mineral water and it becomes almost like a Guinness (laughs) like I can't describe it and it fills me up I swear it is so helpful wakes me up fills me up it's just like my breakfast really really I mean I'm breaking my fast but it's like if in place of eating you know Sometimes I'll get a cold brew and do the same thing. Cold brew is really, I feel like, a lot smoother if you're just starting out on your black coffee adventure. It's like maybe try a cold brew. It'll it'll help you get through those first few weeks of adjusting to the non-flavored coffee. Michelle, don't you think, too, that a lot of us are going around, walking around, drinking really crappy coffee? We just didn't know it because we had been putting so much stuff in our coffee. And a big key for me was upgrading the quality of my coffee. And the more I did that, the more I enjoyed black coffee. Now, it still took time, but the quality of your coffee does matter. The other thing I know I'm a broken record about on this podcast is an Americano, which is just an espresso shot with hot water added to it. I really enjoy that. I think it can taste a lot less bitter. And then the last one that I like to share about is an espresso. An espresso is so creamy and in many ways is like a specialty drink without the dairy or the sugar or anything added to it that would break your fast. The quality and then also like I'd buy like all of these really super sweet flavor profile coffees like hazelnut and uh, cinnamon bun and like stuff like that. And, you know, obviously eliminated all that. But um, the quality, yeah, it really, it really matters. It really does. It's definitely like the number one thing I'm always, it's the number one concern I always have. I run a, a support group on Facebook also and I, I always get that. It's like the number one question people ask me <laughs> and all everyone else on the moderates. But yeah, it's it's definitely something you can get over. Anyone can. So don't make that your deal breaker. Don't. And hey, everyone, the good news, if you're listening, is that it's not that you can't have these specialty coffee drinks every once in a while. You just have to have them in your eating window, not when you're fasting. It's not like you can never go have a cappuccino with a friend at the coffee shop. It's not that you can't get your specialty pumpkin spice latte if that's what you're craving, but you need to have them in your eating window. 
But the cool thing about this is by transitioning more and more to black coffee, you do reduce your habit and some of you completely eliminate it where I can't tell you the the many of us, myself included, who used to think you needed to go through a drive through coffee place every day. I needed my non-fat latte every day. I needed my flat white every day. I needed my Americano with cream in it every day. And you guys, now it is a treat. It is special. It is not a daily thing. It's so amazing when you have that light bulb moment that you don't need to go through that drive through every day. And the results speak for themselves. That liquid milkshake that we are having each and every day does impact our health journey, whether we like to hear that or not. And if you still want to have it every day and that fits within your health goals, then just have it in your eating window, not in your fasting window. Yeah, I go to Starbucks in my window and I'll order the whatever whatever's on the menu. And I, what I find now is I want less of the sweetener. I want non-dairy options. I don't, I'm not non-dairy, but I just prefer not to have a lot of dairy. You know, it's, I have it in my window. It's delicious. So Michelle, the next question that often people ask when they're starting on an intermittent fasting journey or starting to take steps on their health journey is what diet changes did you make, if any, when starting IF? So the first couple of, I'd say the first six to eight weeks, I really didn't change my diet because I, I'm i like, oh, well, it, it seems so easy because I could really just, I wasn't, it wasn't in deprivation mode. I, I would go and I, my window would open. I would just eat normally. I think at first a lot of people struggle with, and I did, is like I would open my window and I, I would feel like I'm just, I got to fill up. I got to fill up because I'm not going to eat. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to eat for, you know, 16 hours after this or whatever my next fast was planned. I wanted to get out of the diet brain of everything and and being able to allow myself the things I wanted, which I thought, you know, I still wanted to eat fast food all the time, but slowly. And I think that a lot of experienced fasters will say the same thing. Over time, I just not really because I was like, I'm going to change my diet today. Like I'm going to eliminate this or eliminate that. It was more like every day or, you know, each month, whatever, I would evolve and my body would tell me what it doesn't like anymore. So, you know, I'm mostly plant-based now. I eat fish and, you know, plant-based foods, but I'm moving away from dairy just because I find when I eat a lot of it, I get a stomach ache, you know, (laughs) like I... I don't like to feel like that. And um, so, yes, I've totally changed my diet. I really do feel like you have to to be successful, but I feel like you should let it happen naturally if you can. I do feel like not everybody may be that strong-willed or that uh, disciplined, but definitely changed my diet. I eat so much different now. I don't eat any fast food hardly ever. (laughs) I think that's super encouraging. So you started just fasting 14 hours. You didn't make major diet changes right away. You really slowly stepped into diet changes and you let it happen organically. And I just, I love that for anyone listening who feels a tad overwhelmed. You can just start doing IF and by doing that, you evolve organically. Gosh, I love that. So I also want to understand how your scale moved, any encouragement you want to provide there, because for those of us that are on a weight loss journey, 
the scale can move very differently for each one of us. What did your 50 pounds in nine months look like? Can you dive into that a little deeper? I mean, I would say don't have, don't expect it to move like drastically right away. It might. <laughs> I mean, some people can lose 20 pounds the first month. Some people gain two pounds in the first month. So I would say leave your expectations, um, just have a really open expectation and be kind to yourself. Give yourself a lot of grace because we're not perfect and it's not going to be a perfect journey. Um, it never is. For a newer faster, I would say just ease into it again. And for me, it was like, I think I lost maybe like 10 pounds in the first six weeks. But then, see, my journey started January, end of January of 2020, and then March of 2020, we all know what happened. Um, the stress, the, you know, everything, just everything. I was, we all were just home, and I gained seven of those 10 pounds back during COVID, you know, lockdown. That was hard. That was a hard pill to swallow because... I was like, I felt really good. I had a momentum and then I gained most of the weight back I just lost. But right when I got back to going in my normal protocol at that time, it just came right back off. And then that summer, the really the scale started to move down. If you look at my weight loss, it's like it pivots down in the summer. I attribute that to the super hot summers here and you know, taking on the task of mowing my own lawn every week. So <laughs> I would do that. I walked a lot. Um, I did take up running, which um, long story short, I, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Um, so I think that between like months six and nine were where the scale moved the most for me. But I had a, I had plateaus. I had a three month period of time where nothing happened like nothing. <laughs> it was so frustrating. But I just yes. kept doing what I was doing. And one day I looked down and four pounds gone. I mean, I'm not an everyday weigher. Um, I know that it helps a lot of people to be held accountable. But for me, it just makes me sad and confused. <laughs> so once a month or so. Honestly, the support from the community, um, the, the, the IF community, I, it really helped me um, to be accountable. I lost 30 pounds from January to August and then it just stopped. And I was like, okay, is this just where I'm going to settle in or what? And three months passed, nothing happens. What keeps you going is seeing all of these successful stories and people cheering you on that you don't even know personally, but they're like cheering for you. Like how cool is that? Right? So, but you see all these people like I've been maintaining my weight. I've, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And I'm doing, I'm 60 some years old. Well, if that person could do it, so can I, right? So yes, hearing other people's success stories and their joy and hearing all of their, you know, non-scale victories are really important. Um, that kept me going. And I just, every day, I'm like, just got to do this every day, every day, every day, every day, make it my habit. I just kept pushing forward. You know, I look back. And the times that I felt like I was struggling on my journey, the times I felt like I was plateauing, you're so right that there is this beautiful thing about community. So many people out there don't realize their words of encouragement by them offering that to you and to the world, the difference it makes when you feel like that or the advice they share or 
the encouragement just to keep going, to keep showing up, that your health is worth it, that the scale doesn't move every day, that plateaus don't mean something's wrong. It's just, it's so key. So I really encourage those of you listening, if you haven't already, join an online Facebook community like mine or Michelle's. They're linked in the show notes. They do really make a difference for many of us. And if that's not something you want to do, find an accountability partner. I just can't emphasize enough how much that can help. 100%. 100%. Okay. A thing that we talk about a lot in the intermittent fasting communities are NSVs. And those are non-scale victories because for many of us, yes, we lost weight. But the non-scale victories is what we're here for because the lists are usually very long. So, Michelle, what do your non-scale victories look like? I'd love to hear more about them. Sure. Um, I have a lot. Um, I'll give you the most, uh, I guess, the most interesting ones. Um, I was able to come off a very uh, strong H blocker heartburn medication that I was on for like 18 years. (laughs) So that was the biggest thing for me. I had IBS that like cleared up within a month of intermittent fasting. I haven't had any flare up since. I had a pretty bad like hunch in my neck almost. Um, It was, I don't know what it was from, genetic, whatever. That's like 85% corrected. (laughs) I've done nothing different than IF. I think the biggest thing for me is just a total end to like diet mentality and like having no feeling of deprivation anymore or ever counting a calorie again (laughs) or ever drinking a a weight loss shake, those things are just, to me, you just can't put any sort of like importance on it. It's just amazing. And another thing is, um, and I'll leave you with this non-scale victory, is um, I was, before I lost weight, I was probably on the verge of alcoholism, for sure. It's helped me, I I still do partake, but I, I have a discipline with it now. It helps me stay in my limits. It ha- it helped me from going to that dark place that nobody wants to be. So yeah, no, it's it's been great. It's awesome. Here's what I want people to understand about mental health when it comes to fasting. And I I am I'm 100% for fasting. I promote it all the time. And I just you know give you a long list of non-scale victories. And my mental health is still my mental health. It's the same as it was 20 years ago when I was diagnosed with, you know, I have anxiety and depression. So I still have anxiety and depression as a 40 year old. So um, I'm, I have a lot more energy. I have a lot more confidence. My, yes, my health is a ton better. All these things, you know, make me a happier, healthier person, but I do have bouts where I don't feel that. And I want people to know that just because you lose a bunch of weight, it's not going to bring you total happiness. You have to make that happiness yourself. (laughs) Um, And whatever that means to you, to take care of you, because if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anyone else. And I'm talking to all you mamas out there. (laughs) And that's where I was going to kind of lead to next is I wanted to mention I I am much more aware of things and I I feel like I can work through them easier than I could before because I do have a clearer mind for the most part. It's actually funny because I, 
I went through a lot of, um, I have panic attacks, pain induced panic attacks. So I was going through a really hard time this summer. I was listening to your podcast when you were interviewing Keith McDonald and he was talking about how when your cortisol goes up, like in a rush, like if you have a panic attack or like something really, really stressful hits you and you have this rush of cortisol that it could actually break your fast. And it was just such a weird timing of events because I'm sitting there. I I was having a panic attack listening. I wasn't, I wasn't having a panic attack. It was just came on all of a sudden, but then I went in the car to calm down because I decided, you know, I'm, I'm feeling nauseous and shaky. I, I had this panic attack. Why do I feel this way? It feels like my fast is broken. So I went into the store real quick, got something to eat, went back in my car, listening to your podcast and he's talking about how a rush of cortisol can break your fast. And like this light bulb went off. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So I get it. Like I, so now it's just like, I see a pattern when I'm in a, going through these panic attacks, these phases, or I go through times where I don't sleep well and, or just like super stressful events happen. My cortisol's up. Guess what? Scale goes up just a little, but it goes up, you know, you just learn to roll with it. And give yourself a lot of grace again, you know? That timing is just crazy. And your honesty around anxiety and depression and how they didn't just go away because you lost weight or you did intermittent fasting, but your heightened awareness and self-awareness is so obvious to me. So thank you for sharing about that. I know after today's interview, a lot of people are going to want to connect with you, find you. How do they do that? My group on Facebook is is um, based off of Jen Stevens' book, Delay Don't Deny. So it's called Delay Don't Deny. I had uh, permission from Jen to use the name. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> so I have delay. It's called Delay Don't Deny Advanced Support for Clean Fasting. Only clean fasting here. And then on Instagram, my tag is just clean fasting mama. Okay. One of the topics that we haven't tackled yet is exercise. What do you do for exercise, if any, and how has exercise played a role in your 50-pound weight loss? This year, I when I reached my health goal, my weight goal, I just wanted to become a lot stronger physically. So I had all of these aspirations and dreams of becoming this marathon runner and getting all like a six pack of abs and stuff like that. Really all that came to a a screaming crash in April when um, I found out I have a a really gigantic bulging disc sitting on my S1 nerve in my lower lumbar. So uh, I went through a lot. Um, That's where the panic attacks came from and everything. So I... Long story short, I almost needed spinal surgery. I don't anymore. But really, intermittent fasting got me through so many of those days where I felt like I had no control over anything, but I had control over that. And I was so, so grateful. And I'm so great. I'm still just, it's just such a blessing to have it because I didn't gain any weight through, I stopped having, I had to stop all physical activity. I couldn't, I couldn't even walk like down the road. And so I went from being able to run a few miles to not being able to walk down the street. So um, it was really incredible that I really didn't gain any weight through that. And I was able to kind of bounce back and I'm, I'm now, I can't run. I'm not allowed, but I can walk probably like four miles. I do 10,000 steps a day at least these days. And 
I'm like healing. I don't even, I can't even, like, again, it's like one of those things, like this shouldn't be <laughs> right now, but it is. And I don't know it other than I'm not saying mm-hmm. like intermittent mm-hmm. fasting has cured my bulging disc. I think it's still there. I just think that I was able to get through the worst part of it. And now with a lot of physical therapy, prayer, and the discipline of fasting, I'm here where I am. I'm really, really grateful and blessed for it. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that because I think that that is such a highlight to your story is that when life throws you a lot of unexpected things, which it will, and you feel like you've been derailed on your health journey, there are some amazing tools out there that can walk with you as you maybe get hit with a lot of things. Maybe you feel like you're getting slammed and you sound like you kind of felt like that on your journey to move your body. And so many of us always thought you had to move all the time, move all the time to lose weight. And I think that is such a key component of intermittent fasting is that no matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what comes at you, it can walk with you. It is not something that you have to abandon. If anything, it can be one of your most powerful tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a gift. It is such a gift. Michelle, I'm so thrilled you were here today. You have been such a light, so much encouragement, provided some really practical tips. As you know, I love to end the interview with what is your bold advice to leave the listeners with today? Just keep swimming. I know that's like really cheesy. And again, I'm making a Disney reference, but... (laughs) You know, you really have to just keep swimming. That That's a really profound piece of advice. Thank you, Disney. You just have to take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time because Rome wasn't built in a day and your journey is not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen overnight. Nothing realistic will. It takes time and you have to be willing to fully accept it as your lifestyle. I love that. I love the simplicity and the depth of that. And I love your message of just keep going. Just keep swimming. You are worth it and you can do it. Because Michelle, if I can do it and you can do it, the listeners here can too. Thanks, Michelle, so much for being here today. And I can't wait to chat again soon. Thank you so much, Beth, for having me. I really thank you and have a a wonderful holiday season. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, vetlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. You.